Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Hey, uh, welcome to another episode of the show. Uh, with us today is Nelson Dedena, CFO of uh, Parked, uh, or should I say Concar, Nelson? No, Parked is, uh, is fine. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, we have Nelson on the show for uh, many reasons. Um, first of all, we want to focus on the fact that Nelson is a co-founder and currently CFO of a successful tech startup uh, from Belgium. Um, and also because... Uh, Nelson's company uh, offer a very interesting uh, product technology-wise that have some uh, interesting angles in there. Um, so if you uh, please uh, can indulge us a little with a, with a little introduction, Nelson. Sure, definitely. Thank you, Errol, first of all, for uh, having me on your podcast today. Uh, so as Errol said, I'm Nelson. I'm one of the two co-founders uh, of Part. Um, and what we basically do, we automatically start, stop, and pay for your parking session. So uh, how does it work? Imagine you're driving your car in a city as Amsterdam, for example. You park your car, you turn your engine off. At that moment, we start your parking session. You do what you have to do. You come back to your car, start the engine, drive away. And at that moment, we stop your parking session. Uh, it's a very easy concept, but... Uh, to make it all happen and work precisely in the real world is a different story, but uh, that's, uh, let's say in one sentence, what we do uh, every day at part. And I will yeah. definitely like go deeper in it with a lilf, like a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I really like the, the fact that you say, okay, I can, it's a simple concept. I can say it in one sentence. Uh, I, I love that. Like, uh, it's very easy to explain, and I think uh, it's uh, it's also like a, a very ingenious idea. Um, but uh, I feel that sometimes that's something you you feel is lacking when when people are trying to you know set up a company or a product, and then when you ask them to explain it, it's very difficult to you know just do the elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, with, with that in the back of our minds, uh, I want to just immediately jump into the question of, you know, you're a pretty young guy, Nelson. Mm -hmm. uh, how old were you when you started uh, your original company? Uh, I was, uh, let me think, I was just 20, 24. I was 24 when I started my, uh, yes, my first company and still the same company, Concar. So, uh is the first one, but we still work uh, in the same company. Yeah. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, uh, I think you were fresh out of school? Or yes. Right. Yeah. Fresh out of school. Um, you go out there um, uh, together with uh, your partner, uh, Olivier, and you say, okay, you know what? We're going to start uh, a, a technology company. Correct. Um it's it's a funny thing because uh, Olivier as myself don't have like any like technical backgrounds, so uh, you could say like we are like real entrepreneurs. Um, and one day like 
we, how can I say, like we were always like we were close friends, like even best friends. And we had the same goal to start a, a small company. And like we always say, like live the dream and try to uh, try to make it. And uh, I studied four years in Los Angeles and uh, I saw like how Uber was coming up. But I'm talking about the years 2010, 2011, even like, yeah, 2010, uh, 11. So I really saw like Uber, I was in one of the first Ubers, let's say, like in LA. And I really liked the concept. And I was like, wow, this is this is just amazing. Like this, we're going to change the world. Like, like the cab drivers was really a headache in, in LA. So Uber was really like an, a genius system. So once I studied my, uh, I finished my uh, studies in LA at UCLA, I went back to Belgium and we started, as you know, Errol, uh, Pick Me Up. So that was um, uh, an app-based, uh, you could uh, order caps, legal caps, because of the law here in Belgium. So that was the only like difference with uh, Uber, let's say. And that's how we started in Belgium. But I will continue the story of uh, Pick Me Up later. But uh, to go back to your question, Errol, like how did we start it? It's funny, but like we didn't even, of course, we knew we would start like a tech, uh, a tech company, but we didn't even know what we were starting at. So to mm -hmm. be honest, I think I said it a lot to Olivier, like luckily we didn't know what was like, all in it because otherwise you would like take it like twice or like three or four times you think 10 times harder, like or in a different way before you would actually do it. So sometimes not knowing something is better than knowing something. And you just you just jumped into the deep end exactly. of the pool without thinking about, oh, do you know how to swim? We'll, we'll exactly. figure out how to swim we'll once exactly. we're in the pool. Yeah. Exactly. And so, a question, uh, uh, when was it that um, the part was um, created? Part? We, now we, we have been working on part like for uh, four years. So let's and, say... Well, actually... Actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, but so my question would be then, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned park, but uh, the, the parking solution, when yes. did that start? Uh, four years ago. So, four years ago, okay. Yes, 2016. I, yes, 2016. Even five. Maybe, maybe to put the context on it uh, for, for our listeners at home, because we're sort, sort of all in the, in the know here because of the pre-recording session and, you know, the information that we gathered. But um, Nelson, the company uh your yes, company well, concar. Explain the timeline of uh concar so yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. in 2014 we started the company pick me up pick me up uh, or only activity was at that moment the taxi application where you could order legal caps after two years we did a big big pilot uh, so around 2016 we started to develop the automated parking solution so in 2016, we did a major shift from a taxi app to parking app, let's say, if you can say it like this. So, uh, and then since 2016, we have been like only working on our parking, uh, parking automation uh, system part. And we've still been working on that system for uh, the last five years. So we started with the cap, uh, the taxi application, and we continued two years later with the parking application. Mm -hmm. So within and, the, and, yeah, uh, yeah, go I, ahead, Matt. Just to, while while still in the same uh, same topic. So uh, and you cover multiple countries, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Uh, all over Europe or even beyond? Uh, now we are talking. Or, now this moment we are active in like uh, three different countries in uh, Europe, and hopefully a very big city in uh, the United States uh, very soon. 
Okay. I can disclose which one. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, so um, I want to circle back to the the concept of you know uh, starting a a tech company. Mm -hmm. I I don't have the figures for it, but I would say of the tech startups that are launched in Belgium or maybe even globally, probably less than fifty percent make it into their second year. Um, I'm being very generous with the fifty percent. <laughs> I know. Uh, we see a um, a high number of companies uh, jumping up, maybe even getting funding, and then uh, within a year or two, they they just fizzle out. Uh, maybe the the product didn't find a match in the market. Maybe there is mismanagement. Maybe the the MVP didn't uh, reach uh, what it was supposed to. And um, here you are. Um, you just basically told us, you know, I literally didn't know anything when I was starting, right? You said, I, I didn't know anything about technology. I just saw this fantastic idea uh, in LA. And I thought, hey, I almost wanted the company. Um, so why don't we do something similar like that in Belgium, right? Correct. Um, so this, despite what seems to be like the, the almost random nature of it, you know, to what do you then uh, ascribe the success uh, of your you know your entrepreneurship of your company? Uh, it's a it's not that easy question because like I don't think there's like a one like right answer on it. But if I can talk like or talk about my own experience, I can like there are some like corner like stones that are very important in my opinion. That's first of all like I'm very happy that I have a co-founder. Because uh, if you're alone, it's really alone. So I would always suggest to start a company with somebody else. Um, a co-founder is very important, in my opinion. Second of all, which um, is also uh, very important, is like we have very good, um, uh, rep not reputation, but like a connection or a, a, I'm looking for a word, we have the, the right way. We have a good, understandable relationship with our investor. He knew it would be for the long term. So that's also something very important because if you don't have the money, like it's very easy. You don't have the ability to run a company. So besides the, a co-founder, it's very important to have an investor where you have the same goals and where you expect the same things like for the long run. It's very important where you understand each other. And then I think uh, the last very important cornerstone is, of course, your team. Uh, you can have all the money you want. You can have an amazing co-founder. But if you don't have a team who can really like make the job done, uh, then you're also nowhere. So I think those three things and definitely also the team is a very important. Those three things are very important uh, to be able to run a company and to give it a shot uh, or a very good uh, shot to make it uh, successful. Mm-hmm. In um, what is particularly interesting uh, in, in the history um, of your company, then um, is the is the pivot that you uh, did, right? That's you went from a uh, taxi hailing application, which mm -hmm. uh, within the legal framework of Belgium was the only way an Uber-like startup could uh, operate, right? working with uh, legally licensed taxis. 
correct? Um, but you literally uh, pivoted uh, 180 degrees or I don't know how many degrees and, and you went in a completely different direction, which is uh, automated uh, parking session management yes. for uh, uh, private individuals and companies. Definitely. And um, I will also tell you how we came up with that pilot. It was a very important pilot. Until today, we're very, very happy we did also that pilot. But just to explain a little bit broader, like from where it all came. So we started picking up, the, as you said, the taxi hailing application. And like at that time in 2014, there was a very big uh, competitor of us who also just got started. And their name is Taxify. They're from Estonia. They were also uh, founded in 2014, and they were doing exactly the same as us. You could order a cab through your phone, legal cabs. Um, the big difference or like why we didn't succeed with Pick Me Up, how we would like to succeed, was just because I don't want to point a finger to like somebody, but like in Belgium or, um, or cab drivers doesn't have, doesn't have the best reputation. And we have to be honest with that. And like, like in Belgium, like either way you call a cab, you're very familiar with, but you don't really trust uh, cabs and especially in bigger, in bigger cities. So at that point we realized that we couldn't count on them. Uh, we had like uh, a lot of like uh, requests every day, but we couldn't count on the, uh, of the cab drivers. So why am I saying this? Because of the cab drive, not because of the cab drives, but Belgium is not a very cab friendly country. Let mm -hmm. me say it like yeah. this. And because of that, we need we just need to look at the facts and say, okay, like it's not the best country because if you looked at Taxify, who were doing the same in Estonia, they grew a lot. I think like three years later, in 2017, they had a valuation of 1.4 billion dollars. Like it was crazy, and we were like, wow, like what did we miss? Like how come same 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 thing as our application, just the same but just different country. Uh, different um, perspective to the, the cap industry. They were open for it. Like in Belgium, they saw more as like a competitor was, was very sad. So at that moment we said like, okay, uh, we're not going to put extra energy into this. Let's move on to something different and let's every mistake or like everything we learned, let's take it to the next, uh, to the next phase. And then like uh, Olivier and myself, one day we were sitting having a, having a beer and talking about uh, what we should do with the direction of our company. And then we came up literally with the parking uh, system, with the parking idea. And uh, we couldn't believe, now long story short, we couldn't believe uh, it, uh, it didn't exist yet. And we reimagined it that in Belgium and the Netherlands, two countries which we are very familiar with, that like the prices of fines, of parking fines are extremely high. Uh, one of the highest in Europe, maybe uh, Sweden and Norway are even higher. But you most of the time in the Netherlands, which is our biggest market, is around like 60 to 90 euros for one uh, parking fine. So we really believed, okay, it makes sense. We know you have to pay for your parking. Otherwise, you have a fine. We experienced by ourselves. And it was very important for us because before we had very good technology with the Pick Me, uh, Pick Me Up application. But we didn't want to be reliable like we were before on the cab drivers with Pick Me Up. Like 
Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be reliable on a third uh, third party. You were dependent on on the exactly. goodwill or or cooperation of a party you had no control over and who are right. maybe yeah. unwilling to participate. And also, like you said, the, the the cab market in Belgium is completely different than what you have maybe in Estonia or in the United exactly. States. So this sort of was a blocking. You identified this as, hey, this is impeding our growth. But you identified parking as, you know, this is something maybe not typically Belgian, but we know in Belgium. Parking is a thing. It's a thing, exactly. right? I mean, I could even argue in, in most uh, bigger and smaller cities, it's almost impossible to find a place where you can park for free these days. No, definitely. Definitely. And as you mentioned, like, why did we come up with parking? Also, don't forget, we were already in the mobility, the tech-based mobility with the hailing cap. So it was not the most crazy jump to parking because uh, we were already busy with tracking. So uh, from tracking, yeah, tracking the car, from tracking the car to uh, parked. But um, just want to tell you a little bit more about park. So you guys know what we are doing, <clears throat> automatic uh, start and stop of parking session. But we changed our name, Pick Me Up, to Concar, like I think last year. And why did we do that? It's just like more uh, a statistical thing. It's, it's still the same company. But why Concar? It comes from Connected Car. Because parking um, is only one of our um, verticals we want to do in the next coming um, future months, years. So we want to... With all the connected car or all the data that we get from the connected cars, we believe it's going to be growing like very exponentially in the coming years. We would like to now we can provide parking, but we have some things where we can where we work on uh, to also provide to our uh, to our customers. Let's say so that's why we also changed a little fact or a little just to know con car mm-hmm. connect car. Well, I think I think the uh, this is the right time. I mean, it's it's something that's trending or or even being forced into um, the cities. Uh, we simply basically have we have more cars uh, in the cities. We have less space to park, um, and 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 we do see that um, even cities or governments are trying to find um, new ways to um, to have. You know, drivers pay. Uh, although some might call it the, the syntax, but I don't. It, it, I don't look at it like that. Um, tax. It, say it again. It is a tax. If you, if that's yeah, what yeah, you it's mean. a tax. Yeah, but it's not. A, it, I wouldn't label it like as a syntax, like they do. Like meaning, we tax you not to do it, or we tax you this way. You do not. Uh, we we push you away from doing things. Um, but anyway, the the point is that uh, we we look we we see that. This is this is booming, right? I mean, a street that wasn't was a free street to park becoming now paying, and I can see it from my own eyes, right? I see that uh, the, the the usual the usual either is going to happen immediately, basically um, immediately becomes a paying street, or um, it becomes like well, use a disc for two hours, and then we know after after you know a couple of years you can have another disc with two years after that and then no no you get, you get uh, the, the thing is you get like uh, local cards these days that if you you know if your license plate is registered uh, to to a, a certain address you don't get fined so you can park for yes, free yes but know? i would i would even i would even make the the um, the notice here or, or or the remark that even with that it starts with yeah just go to your commune register two cards and you're going to get that card right yeah and after that it becomes like well you only pay 50 bucks a year you know and you get that card oh, yeah. and it's and it it's where it's going 
it's where it's going. I think with cars becoming more uh, environment friendly, which is why we now we try to you know collect money from them. Now we look for new ways. One of them is parking. Another way is paying per kilometers you drive. So this is probably something that's I, I know you didn't mention, Nelson. What what are the other verticals you 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 foresee? Mm-hmm. But that could be something for you as well. Where, for example, if Brussels says, "Hey, I would like to be like London," if people drive in the city, I start charging them for oh, pay, the pay time they spend. Yeah, definitely. Pay mile. But that's that's, um, that's the opposite eh, of parking session. So that that's very easy. <laughs> okay, yeah. they can just, uh, just reverse the, and then uh, they, they have another application up and running. Definitely, uh, I, I want to add to your not point. even stop the counter, right? Simply yeah. you park, you pay in, you're driving, you pay, right? Yeah. No, uh, yeah. But like, but just it, like yeah. it's true, and eh, with parking, like a lot of people don't realize how much money it's involved with parking. Because like if you just look at the, the the city Amsterdam, don't forget. I understand we need to live greener and all that stuff, and I'm a big fan of that. Don't get me wrong, but like at one point you need to be able to to keep your city alive. And I'm not talking about tourists. I'm not talking about the residents because residents, like you said, Errol, they have their little permit card and they can park in their neighborhood like for free or they pay like a certain amount. But our system is really for people like are we for B two B? Why B two B? Imagine you have like 500 drivers, like, you know, plumbers, they drive literally the entire country and like they need our system because they really need to park there as close as possible because they have heavy equipment. But all the other, like the residents, like the B, uh, the, uh, the B2C, like B2C, it's also market for us, but they have such patterns. It's incredible. Like they always park at the same place. They go to the same store. They go to the same, like... And even though they love our system, they would buy our system just for one other com- uh, one other city. So it's not to use the whole system. It's just like, oh, if you're active in Ghent and I park a lot in Ghent, then I need your system. So it's a funny, you know what's beautiful about like entrepreneurship? Like everything has such a deepness of knowledge and also parking. It's like people, they don't care. I also like, I wouldn't care for less about parking. Like, you know, like it's not the most sexy business. But in that little parking thing, it goes so deep, like in the regulations and this and that. And that's what always triggers me with entrepreneurship. Like if tomorrow I start something, let's say, for example, about glass, those little green glass things, it looks like green glass, but I know there's so much knowledge and difference. And that's what really attracts me to entrepreneurship. Yeah, so there is this universe inside this this small thing, and you exactly. might overlook it because you're it's something you see every day. For example, with parking, but uh, when you zoom in on it, there is a whole world to explore that you couldn't explore in a lifetime, and also opportunities to make that space better for other people, and they'd be willing to pay you because you Definitely. make it better, right? Definitely. I want to just uh, add something to to Matt's point about uh, parking uh, in 2021 in in cities in in Western Europe. I think um, another thing that adds to uh, the the public opinion is something we shouldn't forget. I think urbanites in Belgium are becoming increasingly uh, anti-car. And... A lot of people choose not to have a car, and uh, I think they actually applaud the fact that people get taxed literally to park, uh, to put it that way. So, uh, f- from that, uh, you know, from that angle, you can also see that um, going forward, there is no 
coming back from this. Like, if anything, it's it's only going to uh, get worse, right? No, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. But like I said before, like certain businesses will always need to enter the city. Like, yeah. let's say, like imagine, eh, like, let's go very far in the future. Let's say in 20, 30, 40 years, like everything is electric, you know, uh, uh, you can park there, but like there will still will be like business people who need to enter the city for like air conditioning, you name yeah. it, uh, elevators. Just stocking, like, stocking the supermarkets, and, and uh, moving exactly. your furniture, uh, exactly. delivering your, your uh, parcels exactly. that people love to order. Exactly. And a lot of people forget that. And like the, the city is making so much money out of it. They will always let it like, let it be, uh, uh, how can I say? They will always ask money for it, but they will always, there will always be a solution or a possibility to be able to, Go there with a car. It might be very expensive. I don't say this, but like you need to be, your city needs to be accessible. Like for, um, yeah, for business, like as I said, elevators, like there's so many things like plumbers. Is, yeah. I can. I think, uh, I think what bugs me about the, the, really more that like the cities, right? Is that the, the false claims. So they are, they would give you some reasoning why they would have to apply, uh, for example, uh, parking. Now for your business, it's good, right? <laughs> because if people yes. pay, uh, that means you have an opportunity to improve that, whatever, offer a service, even improve the way, you know, people deal with that. But, you know, uh, uh so, for example, it might be like in a, in a, in a street, it would say, well, we're going to make this a paying street because the residents are complaining. They cannot find parking and, and blah, 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 you know. And mm -hmm. that's not true, you know. Actually, if that was, if there was any, any truth to that, actually, if it was any, if you want to be any fair, any way, any way or shape fair about it, and this is from the city aspect, huh? then whatever money is spent in parking in my street, that money needs to stay within my street. It does not have to go to fix, uh, you know, uh, the city hall or fix the uh, the park in front of uh, the mayor, right? Uh, and that's this is this is my this is why I say this is just a bunch of uh, it's a, it's a way it's a way to to make revenue, right? And and yeah, and I applaud you uh, and anyone else who's you know basically looking for the opportunity to, you know, again you improve that that service for people and. And, and and you make a living out of it as well. So good for you. Um, but this is where I, I sense friends parking. You know, it's. Uh, I think I think for for people to the point of Errol, people that live in the in the city, um, I don't think they all. Well, obviously, not all of them would say they don't want they don't want cars. But the problem that I see is that uh, they are forcing their way of life or their preferences on other people. I think we do see that cars are becoming more um, uh, environment friendly uh, with time. And you're just going to give it, I mean, I know the push that we're, we're happening now for electric cars, although it's being pushed a bit um, aggressively, even if we don't do it aggressively, it will happen maybe in twice the time, but it will happen. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't be a, a big of a concern um, that people would claim again today saying, oh yeah, cars are not too uh, environment friendly. Uh, I mean, I can tell you this, you know, I get in my car, um, I'm enjoying that ride, you know? I am, <laughs> you know, 
I, 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 I would drive a car any day compared to riding a bike, you know? I am air conditioned, sitting very comfortably. Uh, you know, having 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 waves coming from 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 the sunlight, you know, from out of space, coming to my <laughs> to my radio, my system, device, yeah. my chair. Yeah, yeah, the music, of course. Don't yeah, forget. you know, yeah, it you know, call people. Uh, you know, um, uh, again, it's like it's this whole experience, and you feel safe, and you have your family next to you, and you are moving like with with less with the minor effort, you're moving. Especially with cars now, you know, it cruises by itself. You know, you, you take your hands away from the steering wheel. That's heaven, you know. That's a that's a miracle <laughs> in a sense. Uh, we have a bigger miracle like flying, but it's coming too as well. Huh? But that's again. So I enjoyed that. But someone else is trying trying to say, well, no, uh, don't come to the city here uh, because we want you to bike, right? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, great. You like biking? Great for you. You know, please buy two bikes if you want. Yeah, of course. Did they want a bike? Oh, anyway, uh, that's my. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to deviate from the topic. <laughs> I don't particularly see it as a deviation uh, because it is, um, you know, it, like I said, the, the public perception is part of of uh, what's make what's allowing cities basically to uh, raise this tax, as you as you put it, because there is a growing number of people who are hostile to cars in cities. I know, and they they are uh, petitioning their uh, you know they representatives. They 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 just don't want it. And it's not only about pollution; it's also about the usage of public space. They're saying, you know, if this is public space, uh, why should the car get occupied? Because the car is also you know standing still uh, most of the time. But you know, um, without going into the philosophies, yeah, go ahead, Nelson. It's not like parking again, uh, like. It's it's always going to exist. Like you can say whatever you want about pollution. It's not about that. Like if you park your car on public domain of the city, you need to pay. It's that easy. And like how you pay it, that's not my problem. You can pay it uh, with coins. You can pay by car. You can pay by app or you can pay automatically how we offer it. It's just a service. And like, as you see, uh, for example, uh, and it all depends from city to city and from country to country. In Amsterdam, they have a very good parking policy. They, they had a complaint of all the B2Bers. So imagine all the little vans that come in every day from seven in the morning until six. They, they were complaining because they couldn't park close enough. So they always had to walk with all their heavy equipment. So what did they do, uh, Amsterdam? They raised their prices uh, dramatically during the day for those periods so that tourists it was like 60 euros a day if you want to park there. Yeah, so, it is in Amsterdam. Tourists really like, were like, oh, oh my God, it's too expensive. Let's go underground then because it doesn't really matter where we are because we we still got to walk anyway in Amsterdam. So they re-raised the prices. So now if you go during the day and you drive in those little harachtjes, eh, you know what I mean, then you really have almost eh, always place. And why? Because they knew that was like a problem for the vans. They couldn't go close to their work. So they they um, they interfered and they raised the prices and it works. So there, it really depends from, you really need, it depends who is in charge of all those policies. And if you take care of those policies, you have a very good, uh, um, how can I say, you have a very good uh, system. But of course you have uh, cities where they really are, uh, I don't want to say lazy, but I will say lazy. And then yeah, they just leave everything how it goes, and uh, that's it. And that's the way it is. 
Hey, I think we've pretty much established, you know, for the past 15 minutes that there really is like a trend towards, you know, um, solving the parking issue by using uh, certain policies that we could uh, uh, use, uh, call uh, taxation or, you know, the, the philosophy about it could go, you know, anyway. But the reality is, is that those things are here. They're here to stay and they benefit people. It's a solution that uh, cities look for, um, you know, like the example that Nelson just gave about uh, the B2B market where all, all these small vans have to be in, in the city. Like there's millions of people in that city, there's people that need their air conditioning fixed, et cetera. They need to, you know, there's that problem space being solved. But now, uh, you know, I want to circle back to to the to the company uh, to park. So basically, you 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 worked your way out of a uh, a domain uh, which was hailing taxis, which you know was almost bound to fail in Belgium. It seems in hindsight, right? Correct. If you look back, it, yeah, it seems yeah. obvious. I think, but yeah. at the beginning, you, you probably didn't see it. But now you're you're in 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 a sort of elevator. You you caught a trend, or maybe even created a trend before. You know, you didn't copy Uber this time, right? You came up with with something uh, of yourself, and now things are going um, way better. Way better. Okay. Way better. So, what did this do to the uh, to the structure of your company? Uh, I'm assuming, uh, you know, uh, back in Pick Me Up, actually, full disclosure. I was uh, uh, working uh, at Pick Me Up uh, in its uh, early days. It was literally just a bunch of us, definitely, right? And now uh, you went from you know uh, that uh, uh, startup thing. You know, you, you found a nice updraft. You, you found this the source of, of energy and revenue. You're there. You're expanding your operations. But at the same time, your company is growing, your team is growing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Because, again, I want to repeat, Nelson literally came out of school, went in a start. He doesn't have like 10 years of management experience or, you know, he doesn't come from the industry. So you had to experience all of those things along the way, which sort of seems, you know, your your way of working is like, well, we'll just do it along the way. We'll fix it along the way. So no, definitely. tell us about that. And like again, like I will like use my three co cornerstones. Like we all started, of course, together with my co-founder Olivier. So that was step one. First we were with one, now we were with two of them. And then like uh, it's very important to find people who really believe in the same, like don't want to say dream in the same uh, goal or same purpose. Like okay, it really makes sense that idea, and I can re-contribute really or uh, help that team or. Uh, those founders to help to reach their goal. So I think that was very important for the first, yeah, developer. And you were one of the first ones. Like it was very important, like the first and the second one, because it was really more like a feeling, like a more human feeling, if I can say so. Um, but once you start growing and you have, let's say, from two, three, four developers, like if you hire another developer, of course, you need it talks for itself, but it's very important. You need, of course, the funds to be able to grow. And eh? speaks for itself, but very important one. Uh, but once you have like three, four developers working in your team, like if you want to grow or you're looking for a specific um, position or IT developer, like they will start doing the screening. So now we're very organized. 
like they are doing like the first two screenings. Uh, screenings means like they have an interview, they talk with them, they even give a, an exercise. And if that's positive, they come back for a bigger exercise. So just to say like before, like we hired our first developers, but with no technical knowledge, just like I can do this. So very untrustable, uh, like human side of the, of the, the hiring process. And then, of course, uh, now, if I can compare with the first hires, you know, how it goes and how it goes, it's totally different. Now it's more on knowledge. Uh, so to go back to your question, that journey was very, I know it's very cliche, but a very like crazy roller coaster. Uh, it's the truth. I know it's cliche, but it's, it's the truth. And uh, again, like uh, your team is so important. Um we had uh, not a lot, but we had some. Uh, we had sometimes like a better hire, and you just feel it after not even one month or two months. You just feel that it's not the right fit for the team. Again, like the team is very important for us, so it's important to also find new team members who fit the team. So uh, I would can say, you, team, team. can you comment? Can you comment on the composition of of the company now? Because um, initially it was a developer heavy company, mm. right? Um, but uh, right now, would it be fair to say that developers do not form a majority in the company? You have more people in sales, marketing, no. like those they positions? Or is it they form a majority. So we are with two sales guys in the Netherlands, Olivier and myself, and then we have seven developers. Okay, so that seven DNA developers. of the company... Uh, is is like this is still very much a, a, yes. a technology technology Definitely. company. It's like say, okay, we we've got our solution, and now we're just like a sales company going yeah. around. So there's still develop seven developers. There's active development going on on a lot of uh, exactly. We are definitely a development uh, dev uh, oriented company, and very. Uh, um, it's a very on the how can I say, it's a purpose. It's a it's a decision that we took. Uh, we all like uh, stand behind it. It's really like development and, uh, of course, sales. But we are more development company. That's for sure. And is the solution um, like based on uh, just simply the mobile, like an app, or it's you have uh, basically special uh, custom circuits or hardware that you install in the in? So we in have three different modes. Uh, you have a mode where we send a push message from. Hey, Errol, we think you should start a parking session. Then you need to confirm it. And then Errol should, co should confirm the, uh, the message. Then it starts. Once you drive away, we stop. Then we have the autonomous um, 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 how mode. It? mode. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And uh, there we're going to send, hey, Errol, we started your parking session. Uh, you have five minutes to cancel for free. But there we started started it. And you can follow everything on your phone. And then the last one, the third mode, is the full automatic mode. And that's the case where you don't need a phone, actually. You just park your car. Uh, it starts um, paying if it needs to, and it stops when you leave. So it really depends from client to client. We have clients uh, who drive on the full automatic, so they don't even need a phone. So we even have a client, they don't even know they're paying for parking. So it's... So that automatic it goes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, in, the, in the third mode, uh, there is like uh, 
uh, a gadget installed in the cars? So first, like in the beginning, the beginning years of a uh, part, we had um, we had our own dongle. Dongle is an OBD connector. On OBD stands for onboard diagnostics. That's how you get all the information out of your car. Uh, it's uh, obligated by the European law from 2016 or no even before, like way wait no not 2016 2018 like like very long time. The thing was. We could, we would never create the hardware itself. We want, we would like to stay a software company, but like if your car was not connected, we could sell you a little dongle. But after, after a very short period, we decided to not to uh, uh, deal that little device because there are already a lot of companies who are selling those devices. Very B two B. It's a, it's a tracker mode. Like uh, they're like, think about uh, geodynamics, Suivo. Uh, the old Tom Tom Telematics, who is now Bridgestone. So you have already hundreds of companies selling those little boxes to track your fleet. So what we did was we threw away our little device and we said, why compete with those guys? Because if you want, like, if they sell their little hardware, you also want to sell your hardware. It's it's not an ideal solution. So we threw away our hardware and we said, you know what? We're going to partner with them, with all of them. And that's how we start partnering with them and saying, look, we can uh, we can uh, provide you a parking service to your end customers. Uh, are you interested? Yes or no? And they were like, yes, of course. Why not? If we can uh, offer good services to our clients, we're always happy. That's how we start with our first um, um, partnerships. It then went to the second and third. And now we have, I think, like more than 20 partnerships. We have more than uh, 8 million connected cars. We have reach, and eh, very important word. We have reached to 8 million connected cars. And now we are busy to connect directly to the OEMs. And the OEMs, mm -hmm. I mean uh, BMWs, I like the, the brands of today. So um, that already yeah. come with like uh, data connections, et cetera. Exactly. So, exactly. so hey, uh, I'm seeing a sort of a, yeah. in our advantage, let's say. Sometimes they say time is not in our advantage, but sometimes time is in the advantage because every car which is sold now is connected. So Every day, more in the future, is a day better for us. Yeah. Um, I, I think this, again, goes back to the uh, what I said earlier, where, you know, with the with the parking thing, uh, instead of copying something that was successful, you identified something, you know, before it was uh, big. And so you're riding that wave, you know. Um, yeah. So, but I do see a, a pattern emerge here, Nelson. Yes. And that is, I think, flexibility within the entire organization, being mm. able to say, okay, we're doing taxi hailing uh, applications. No, we're not. We're doing automated parking and we're selling dongles. No, we're not. We're not selling dongles. We're integrating with partners. And this, uh, could this be like part of uh, of the success? Definitely. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change that. That's not a question. Know, to me, that's, pro that's probably part that's of why you, made it this far right because you don't have this stubbornness of you know i have this this dogma this holy fixation uh, this, this fixation that's almost holy on on a, on a certain thing that i forget to look at the market because it seems like keep your eye on the market instead of uh, keeping your eye on, on your papers 100 and like i said often like our strength is we don't have an army at uh, of developers but we have a very good SWAT team like it doesn't matter like what uh, 
what the problem is, the solution, we fly in with our helicopter, we drop six guys and they take care of everything. Like that's our strength. I think still, of course, we are not like a very big company. So at one point you need to scale, of course. Eh? But at this stage, our strength is, as you said, Errol, to be able to adjust fast. Like we don't have a very big chain of uh, hierarchy. Of course, we have a board, uh, which we do respect uh, enormously. But um Yes, it's the, the power of being fast. And of course, it's also very important because at the beginning, you're looking, you're doing kind of a try and error, like how can you grow it fastest? Like what are the pros? What are the cons? And then you're always talking, talking. Like at one point, you're like, okay, let's move this. Then, as you said, we don't need to take care of the hardware. It's also always problems. Like software is already enough. Like I'm sure like, you know the <laughs> You can uh, def definitely agree with on that. Yeah, my, uh, my, all my problems are software. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, it was a very important uh, moment for us. But now until today, we didn't regret it like for one second. It was like the best move was to pivot to parts. And then the second best move was throw away the dongle and just software. I don't think, I don't think you can regret it because basically if you didn't follow this trajectory, you wouldn't be where you are. It exactly. sort of reminds me, you know, um, uh, I have a food truck uh, and I do event catering. And one of the things people tell me, like, wow, how did you end up at the Gentse Festival, which is probably the, the biggest festival in Belgium? <laughs> say, well, you first do other things and then suddenly like, oh, yeah, th this other venue opened. So the, the moment you set, like you take a step, suddenly you see other possible steps that were invisible to you in your original position. And um, that to me is you know med this this comes back to what you always say i think it's also nelson's motto is uh action exactly let's let's move we'll see like if we don't know what to do let's move and and something will come along the way because by standing still you know we're not reaching anything and you know what you and like you like you knew me like in the extreme young periods of picking me up and there was even more action but now that we now we refound something good like we know we found something good we have like already like a long time, but like we have customers who already like are with us like for more than two, three years paying like their portion of amount of money to us. So it's really growing. We have like more than 50 customers. It's always growing. Like we have a very big first, big, big contract. So we know we have something good. We need to work on it. It's not something easy again. So now you feel like we make it stronger and stronger and stronger every day. So now... I like I'm I'm sure like my my head of IT would be angry at me if I would say oh tomorrow I want this then he would, he would really look at me and like Nelson like are you kidding me like mm -hmm. no no it's not in the sprint so forget it you know what I mean so of course like you evolve with the whole solution uh, with the whole uh, with everything and like you learn a lot so now I know how sprints works and I know like everything yeah I, I'm sure though those things kind of oh, uh, worse, you know, you know yeah. how you start everything and now like I even like I know everything now so um or I can follow up everything that's the most important thing but um so of course like there's definitely an evolution in our company uh, a positive one uh but of course like and that's also very important to, to the founders they need to keep uh, the vibe alive in the company I also see this to, uh, with bigger companies. Look at Showpad, for example, uh, like or other bigger companies, very big companies. Like the founders, of course, they do a lot of work. But one of the biggest and most important job is to keep the the I don't want to say the climate, but uh, 
the atmosphere, the, the culture. Atmosphere, exactly, the culture. That was the word I was looking for. It's very important to keep the culture how it was. Of course, there are always things that need evaluation, uh, but the culture is very important in a company. It's very important. And if you look at the if you look at our uh, industry and parking, compa not competitors, but the parking providers. Wow, their companies are so old and like mm -hmm. like too old for me to be honest. So it's cool. Like if like as you said, are we a parking company or are we an IT company? What What's your answer to that? I know. I'm asking you guys. Well, for us, it's an easy answer. I mean, we know you're a software company. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Um, just yeah, I, I see you more as, a, as an integrator as well. Because just also one of the things in your software company, I mean, I have, I, I have no doubt, to be honest with you. You know what we actually do? Like, what we do is, and here it comes, we provide financial transactions based on GPS coordinates. Uh, turning the car into a payment uh, uh, thing. GPS coordinates. Yeah. And like even I, you can even put the word automatic, but that's what we do. So, and with all the information we get, like now we're doing parking transactions, but maybe we can do like in the future tolling, uh, as you said, or a green tax or an insurance pay by, pay as you you uh, pay as you drive. And now there's more some for the more IT uh, listeners or like for you. I'm not the perfect guy to explain it, but I will do my best. But if you get like all the information, let's say from company A, TomTom Tom Telematics, you get the data in this way. The other company send it to you in this way, that way, that way. We have like now 15, 15 integrators, even mm -hmm. more, and they all come in like, let's say, in a different way. And what we do is we organize it all to make it one stream. And by doing this, it's kind of important because now we are the company or we are the organization who can say that's so 100% perfect or not, or he has duration of 3% of his connection of this. So we are starting now to have a standard of all those data connections. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. in the future, like by doing stuff, sometimes you encounter other stuff. So that's a cool thing what we do. And well, then you, you're maybe de defining a standard almost. But like what we do is kind of like get everything together. Like we get everything different and we make it from, let's say 10 data streams, we get to one data streams who can like, who, who can like, uh, yeah, as aggregation. You know, exactly. And I think that's a very important part that well, we do. Why are you laughing? You said, you said something really, really good. So, um, I'm going to give you a suggestion or my an advice or something you have to look into. Right. So you said you move, um, well, you you kind of uh, you kind of link the the um, the GPS coordinate to to uh, to financial transaction, which is great, right? Correct. I think I think you're looking into a company name change soon, because Concar, you should go beyond cars now. Because when you talk about coordinates and financial, then you should be looking into even a drone for that matter that flies. It could That's be true. changing changing uh, the position. Could be a person. Could be like your kid. Walk into school with, with time, we know we can be everything we tracked. So, definitely, that's so it, you know, or mid, why not, for example, charge people by the minute? For example, there's a club, and you go, like, <laughs> you know, this, this club is like uh, 10 euros per hour just to be there, you don't have to drink anything, yeah. uh, but yeah. you could have like a surge pricing. You know, some people are like, you know, I'm gonna go because it's expensive to be here, and then you know. You <laughs> 
But of course, uh, we're, we're yeah, laughing. But some of these things, despite they, they come comical at first, you know, later uh, they, we we accept them as normal. Hey, um, I think uh, we're going to need to wrap it up because uh, we're, we're already over our time. Wow. I have many other questions. Like, I, I feel that we, that we, I don't think we have the time for them, but I, uh, one of the things that we want, that I want to talk about was, you know, the, the difficulties that, that you faced in, in rolling out parked. And my question was going to be, you know, more than a technical challenge, do you think this was, um, a, uh, human challenge in getting people on board and integrating with, uh, companies, get, uh, you know, do you, you need assessment from A to Z. You need to do it all, like from convincing the first people, from buying toilet paper, to go to lunch, to find your first investor, to find your first client, to to everything. Like it's literally you don't have a job, you have millions of jobs, and your only job is make it happen. So how you do it, don't care, but like you just make it happen, like you know how to reach there and um, let's go. Well, you heard it here first, folks. You got to make it happen. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Nelson, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, it's it's more difficult than that, but uh, I love your energy. I love the gusto you bring to it. Um, so uh, if our, our listeners uh, have questions, you know, um, where can they reach out to you or to, to uh, Park or Concord? Yes, definitely. They can uh, always reach me through my email address. It's nelson at park.com. Uh, and, uh, or yes, or they can reach you to you. Like you all have my uh, coordinates. So uh, I'm not that difficult to find normally. Okay. Master Med, where can people find you? Um, always at madmed.com. Okay. That's madmed.com. My name is Errol Baikal. You can find me on baikal.be. That's B-A-Y-K-L.be. And uh, for you people at home who are listening to us, maybe they're stationary parked somewhere. Maybe they're driving around in their car listening to this podcast. Thank you very much. And don't forget to send that Q message to 4411. (laughs) Unless you, of course, use park and you don't have to do that. Take care all. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.